You're listening to the Cheer Biz Podcast, where we dive into the business of running and owning your gym. Join us as we speak to industry experts, business gurus, and discuss how we can take your passion and turn it into profit. Let's get to it. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Cotton, and today we are going to be talking about why you need to have a high-priced item as one of the offerings in your gym or in your business. Before we get into the episode, make sure you've headed over to Facebook and you have joined All-Star Cheer Coaches and Owners. A lot of great discussion going on there between cheer coaches and owners as well. If you are an owner uh, and not for coaches, but just for owners, head on over to our cheer and gymnastics gym owners, Facebook group. Again, a lot of great content there as well. So make sure you check that out. Answer the membership questions. We are getting like a hundred requests a week to join those groups, which is absolutely fantastic, but we don't want to be letting in people who don't belong in those groups. So please make sure you fill out the membership questions and you have, make sure you have subscribed to this podcast and you share it with someone who will get something out of it. The more people that are hearing this message, the better. All right. So let's get into it on why you need to have a high priced item, uh, in your sales portfolio. So the psychology of sales and sales technique is really a nuanced beast, uh, and it's something that has always fascinated me. Um, I realized that I was really first interested in and actually kind of good at sales, believe it or not, in my career as a police officer. And uh, this is why, which most people would say, well, a police officer, sales, those things don't really make sense. And one of the things I learned early on in my recruit training was that police work and law enforcement is all about sales. It's all about selling people on what's going to happen and selling people something they don't want. So if you can sell someone a ticket, which no one is happy to get. But if you can sell someone a ticket on the roadside and have them saying, wow, thank you when you leave that interaction, then you've made a pretty good sale. And if you've had interactions with police, you've probably had good interactions and you, or hopefully have had some good interactions and you've probably had ones that left you a little bit frustrated. I myself, even as a police officer, since I became a police officer, had interactions with officers where I was like, man, you did not do a great job on that, on our interaction. Um, so it's all about sales. It's all about that personality. So I knew if I could convince someone that it was in their best interest to turn around and get in the handcuffs and have a good rapport with this person, or I could convince them to take that ticket from me and say, wow, thank you so much, officer. Have a great day. I did a pretty good job of selling them on what was going to happen. So I started to kind of be fascinated with the psychology of sales. Now, it's not really the exact same thing, right? Uh, because I'm not t- doing a financial transaction, but we're still having a transaction. Like they're not giving me money, but when I do give someone a ticket, they're going to have to pay some money, um, which I hate giving tickets. Not really something I ever enjoyed doing, but it was something I became really fascinated with. And then since then, I have really consumed just about everything I can in regard to sales techniques uh, and how to increase sales. I listen to podcasts. I 
uh, read books. I really am like always listening and learning. Uh, been lo- watching a lot of like short reels and things on sales techniques lately, uh, and I just I just find it fascinating. And I have taken quite the sales journey in my career, and when I look at it from a sales journey and how it relates to my pricing, you know, I got to tell you, it's actually, it is embarrassing where we started. So when, when Tori and I took over the gym, when we bought the gym from the previous owner, we did what they had done and we didn't really know much different and didn't understand the psychology of sales, didn't understand how any of that works. So when we looked at our rec program, if you look at our rec program, when we first started, we did one to two classes per night, recreational classes per night. And all of our classes were drop-in and they were drop-in and you paid $5 for the class. Uh, and we had maybe 15 kids take classes per week, like maybe. And then eventually we were like, oh, this isn't quite enough. Well, I don't know if it'll be really popular, but we're going to raise it to 10. And hopefully that doesn't hurt our bottom line too much. Well, we had 15 kids a week. So even that $10 was a marginal uh, value add to our revenue streams. Now we have 130 plus reoccurring recreational athletes paying a minimum of $119 a month for tumbling classes. Like we generate enough money through our business, through recreational tumbling and birthday parties and our stunting program that we can essentially cover our rent. And our rent is not small. It's it's huge. Um, so we do that just with our recreational tumbling. Like it's a huge, huge value add. So if I'm charging 119 a month for my lowest package and I have 130 reoccurring members, but when I was charging $5, I only had 15 and there was a limited commitment and all of those things. Then why did I have an increase in sales? Why am I having such a huge increase in sales with a much, much higher price for essentially offering the same thing? I mean, we're still offering a tumbling class and we actually do it for, it's, we do a 55 minute tumbling class. Uh, versus we were doing them for an hour then. So we do less time, technically speaking, and we're charging way more. Um, So why would that be? And not only are we doing this, we're offering the same thing, but I didn't move. I'm in the same facility as I was when I was charging that rate. I didn't get a new building. I didn't buy a new building and install a bunch of new equipment. I didn't buy a thousand more mats and trampolines and all of those different things. I didn't change any of those things that people go, oh, if I want to sell out my recreational tumbling, I got to get X. Now, there are a number of things I did do from the systems and the registration and the uh, staff training and all of those things. But one of the biggest things I learned how to do was we learned how to sell and how to package our pricing. And then we learned how to deliver on our sale. So we're going to dive into the idea of having a high priced item on your uh, sales options and why that's so important. We're not going to dive into how to deliver. We're not going to dive into staff training. We're just going to talk about the sales aspect of it. So the three things we're going to talk about is number one, sales and pricing is about the psychology of the buyer. 
Number two, having a high priced item sets the psychology of the sale. And number three, you cannot do a price bracketing sales process without a good high priced item. So getting into the breaking each one of those down, sales and pricing being about the psychology of the buyer. So you need to be understanding the perspective of your buyer coming in in order to sell them. If you don't know anything about them and you're just selling them cold, you are going to be far less efficient at the sale. So you need to know some general things about your client. Now, you can do some of this ahead of time by having your general client avatar. And even if you've never sat down and built your client avatar, we all probably have one in mind, right? If we run a cheer and gymnastics gym, well, we they're going to be a parent, right? They're going to be someone who is, is a parent or has a kid in their care. Uh, they're going to be a parent or guardian who is looking for gymnastics or tumbling classes or ninja classes for their athlete. So we know that is kind of a baseline of our avatar. But what else are some things we want? Well, when I'm looking at my, my pricing and how that's going to impact the psychology of my buyer, if I am charging $5 for a class, what value and or perceived value is that going to build in my prospective buyer? The psychology is this is something that is cheap. An hour of this thing costs less than a cup of coffee uh, or a, a bougie cup of coffee at Starbucks. So the psychology we're building there is that this is of low value. Uh, we are also... When we are pricing, we're setting the psychology of how this experience is going to go, okay? And it still goes back to value, but when I'm paying a higher price for something, I have a higher expectation of the delivery of product. Uh, I also care more about the things that I pay a good price for. On top of that, things that are incredibly low priced, almost too low priced, will often actually make people overly cautious because we go, well, this deal really can't be that good. And we're used to having the things, the, the spirit airlines of the world where, yeah, I can get the plane ticket for $99, but then by the time I'm done, I've paid more than I would have paid for booking my flight on Delta. And I got crummier service because I had to pay for, you know, the snack I brought on the plane because it counted as a carry on bag or, you know, whatever it is. But they just, you know, I had to pay for the ticket that I got at the gate or I wanted, I asked a question, I had to pay a dollar, right? So by the time you get done, you've paid out more money. And so people are actually skeptical of things that seem like they should cost more money and don't. It makes people wonder where there's going to be the bait and switch action. So people are going to go into it with either the idea that this is not really of value or that you're going to bait and switch on them and they're going to be waiting for that to happen. So it makes the sale harder. You also don't really have anywhere to go. So this is where by having a high priced item on your sales sheet, uh, it really sets the psychology of your sale. Now, it only sets the psychology of your sale if people know about that price. So you have to actually tell them about it. 
So most all-star cheerleading gyms or competitive gymnastics programs have a high-priced item that they sell. It's team training. Team training is really, really expensive, uh, whether it be gymnastics or be cheerleading. It is a high-priced item. But most of the time when someone comes in and they say, hey, I'm looking to take some classes, we don't even tell them what it would cost to get involved on a team. We don't even discuss that as a, a price. We also, oftentimes in sales, the first thing we open with is, we've got this great deal for you. Well, by doing that, and by not just telling people what your high-priced item is, you are actually getting people, you're psychologically training people to believe that you're a discount business. You're a something is always on sale, something is always discounted business. Whereas opposed to when you only run special sales at special times, you only run those discounts at particular points in time because of a you know, a Labor Day or a 4th of July sale or a Black Friday special offering, uh, then at that point in time, you are, it's a rational time to be discounting things. That's when everyone kind of does some sort of specialty sale. But when you're always promoting that as the number one thing of like, take advantage of the dis this discounted prices, pricing slashed, right? What do we think of? If you think of a mattress store, do you, do you really look at that mattress store and go, oh man, they have said they have slashed their prices every single day for 365 days for the last 15 years. They've clearly slashed their prices. This is going to be the best deal. Or are they just saying they slashed their prices, right? Where we psychologically go, okay, I'm really not getting a deal here. So having that high priced item that is there and it's not necessarily discounted is going to set your your psychology of the sale from the perspective of the buyer. It also is going to build in value. They're going to go, oh, okay, this is something that is expensive that costs money in order to participate. And so we are going to automatically, we are going to filter out the people who can't afford us. And we actually want that. You actually want people who can't afford you to filter themselves out. This is going to reduce the amount of people who you're having to chase down every single month to try and get your $69 or $79 or for me, $119 payment at the end of the month or at the beginning of the month to build them for the next cycle. You're not going to have to do that because those people who can't afford you have filtered them. They've already self-edited. They've said, wow, that's outside my budget. There's no way. On top of that, if you have a high-priced item that is visible for people that you are talking to people about, then they will be more likely to self-edit themselves, to filter themselves out of that process. Now, I get the people that are listening and going, well, I need everybody I, I can. I need every single enrollment I can possibly get. Okay, True, but go listen to my The Industry Has to Change podcast where we talked about how pricing has such a substantial impact on whether or not you actually need more people. So if I'm selling a tumbling class for $50 a month, but I you're selling that for $50 a month and I'm selling that for $150 a month, I need to sell one person, you need to sell three. So there's a difference there. So by attracting the people who are willing to pay more money, we are 
saving ourselves time. We're saving ourselves effort. We're saving ourselves hours. We're saving ourselves staffing costs. Like there's a whole bunch of values there. Now, could you use that logic and say, well, shoot, I should charge a thousand dollars a month for once a week. Yes, but we know that that's actually not reasonable and you're not going to get there. There is a, a balance, right? You can only charge so much money for a particular thing and there is a balance to be struck. However, I, as I mentioned previously, I think $99 a month is a reasonable price range for almost every program across the United States. The lowest, the lowest anyone should consider is 79 a month. If you are in a very low income area, but $79 a month is absolutely affordable. And it is, if you're tumbling once a week, it is a, a little bit less than the cost of a babysitter and you're worth way more than a babysitter. I, I'm kind of being redundant. If you've listened to the podcast, you're like, yeah, Dan, we know you always talk about the babysitter. So having that high priced item is really important. It sets the psychology of the sale. So I can open with, I can open with, well, if you wanted to get started in our top tier program, it would cost X amount of dollars, which then brings me to my ability to do price bracketing, which is price bracketing. Oftentimes what people will do is they'll say, well, if you want to get started in our class program, it's uh, $79.99 a month, or you could take three classes a week and it's $129 a month. Well, what we've done by the first number that we actually put out there automatically sets people's psychology when it comes to the sale. So if we put out a low number first, then people kind of psychologically set their boundary there. As opposed to if I started with, well, if you want to get started and I have a high priced item on my sales plan, um, so I said, well, we have this product and it is $199 a month. And you go, oh, well, that's a little bit pricey. That's a little bit outside my range. Oh, okay. No problem. Well, we actually have this product that is $99 a month. Oh, well that, I mean, wow, a hundred dollars less. Okay. Yeah. I can definitely afford that. I can swing that. Psychologically, we just rotate to that very, very easily. And these are all the tactics and the techniques that all of your main marketing things are doing, right? If when you go to buy a car, a little bit different, right? They're always trying to wheel and deal you. But uh, when you go to a to buy a software, a cloud-based software, what does everyone do? Well, they have their three pricing options and they tell you what it is per month. And then and that is like a higher number, $79 a month uh, for this cloud-based software, or you can pay in full for the year and it ends up saving you $200. Well, people are like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. That's a nice little savings. You can do that as well uh, with your class pricing. But we have these, like, these high prices that we look at that psychologically set us to be like, this has value. This is something that I would be willing to pay for. And then we have the ability to now go to a lower amount that feels like a big savings because we're going from our really, really high priced item or what feels like a high priced item and maybe outside. Like we want to open with something that is 
we expect for at least 50 to 75% of our clients or potential clients is going to feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like they're going to be like, Ooh, wow, that's, uh, I don't know. Because when we open with the thing that we think they're comfortable with, then they're like, well, you know, I've, I've got to talk to my husband and, or I've got to talk to my wife before I spend this money. And there are people who do actually have to do that. But is there really like, honestly, is there really any wife that doesn't just go buy what she wants if it's less than $150? Like, is is there really? If so, the, I think they're probably a limited amount because I know that uh, as a husband, I'm just trained. Amazon packages so, show up at the house. I don't know. I, oh, look, Tori bought something. It has Tori's name on it. Okay, she bought something. I don't even really think about it. And she knows that what kind of that financial amount is that I probably won't even notice on the bank account. Now, if she just bought something from Amazon that was 700 bucks or 500 bucks, then it's more likely I'd be like, whoa, wait, what was this? That was, that was... Why, why is the budget not penciling out this month? But she kind of knows where she's at with that stuff. So the same thing works when we're talking to our clients. So starting with that price point that the average person would be like, I probably need to talk to my husband or wife. That's a good place to open because then we can downgrade to the price that most of us can get away with spending that amount of money without getting permission from our significant other. And we're going to be much more likely to close that sale because they feel like it's a better deal. And on top of that, some people will take advantage of buying the higher priced item. And so we're getting a higher price or a higher revenue sale that if you build it correctly is actually more profitable for your business. So there's a lot of ways to package this and I don't want to go into all those details because some of those things I save for my direct coaching clients, but just suffice it to say, you need to have something on your pricing that is high priced. And I actually recommend when you are doing an in-person sale, this isn't necessarily a web-based sale. Um, When you're doing an in-person sale, that's what you open with. You open with the big ask, not the little. When you open with the bottom ask, you actually set their psychology there. And even if you go, it's a lower price and then it goes to, and you immediately say the next higher price, they're going to be set at that lower price. That's going to be where they want to be. And you'll have a much harder time selling that high priced item. The other thing you can do with price bracketing, this is something that I've talked to with people in regard to all-star is when you're getting ready to come out with a cost sheet, and maybe you don't have it yet. Maybe you're getting ready to launch a new program and you haven't quite set your pricing, but you know it's going to be, let's say you're going to launch an all-star program and you're going to do a half season team, but you haven't quite set your budget yet. And you know you want to get the information out. You want to get buzz going and you have some people asking, what's it going to cost? Instead of stressing out and forcing yourself into a budget that is incorrect, What you can do is you can say, well, I know in my head, I'm thinking it's going to be around $2,100 for the the six-month season. I know in my head that's what it is. So what I'm going to do from there is I'm going to say, okay, I know in my head I'm I'm thinking it's going to be around $2,100. Might go up a little bit, but I'm not 100% sure. So what I can do is I can say it's going to be between $2,500 and $2,000. 
2000. Okay, so I'm going to let them know it's going to be between 2500 and 2000. So then when I land somewhere in the middle, they're prepared for that. Right? They feel good about it. It's not the 2500 mark and but it's not the 2000. Now you would say, "Well, why don't you just say it's between 2300 and 2500 and then when you you release the cost, it's 2100, so you've saved them even more money, so they feel like it's an even better deal." psychologically, that isn't as good of a sales technique. It also is training your people to say, oh, okay, when they say it might, it's going to be this amount, it actually means it's going to be less than that. So I, I would caution you away from that, but give them a bottom that is pretty close to where you want to be, like put where you want to be at kind of that bottom point, maybe a, a hair less if you want, but say it's going to be between 2,500 and 2,100. I know it's going to be, I want to be around 2100, maybe a little bit more. And then I give them a significantly higher amount that I don't think I'm going to get to. So I know I'm going to land somewhere in the middle. I give myself breathing room, right? There's one other technique you can uh, use for something like this, which is a little harder in the, the cheer and gymnastics world, but you can ask the question of, well, what is it? What would you be willing to pay to have your athlete get their back handspring. Like, what is that worth to you? Uh, this is where you have to know the client a little bit better. You have to know what their goals are. Um, but if they come in and they're like, oh my gosh, my kid is just crazy. I can't, they keep bouncing off the walls. They're undisciplined, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And those are the things that you feel you can solve the problem for. Well, what would it be worth to you to have them be more disciplined, have their energy, have a safe place to get their energy out, uh, have a place that they feel included and wanted and cared for, you know, what is that, what is that worth to you from a financial perspective? Like, what would you be willing to pay for something like that? Have them put a sticker on it, right? Cause then if they come out with, man, ah, that'd be worth $50 a month. It's okay to say, okay, that's totally fair. I can tell you, I, I can't deliver that for $50 a month. That's not where we're at. That's going to be to get what you're looking for. It would be between $300 a month and $115 a month. There's, there's a lot of options in there, but minimum, that's where it's going to fall between to accomplish what you want. And by setting that bracket uh, and by, by understanding what they're willing to spend, you now can tailor your sales approach for that person, again, using that price bracketing technique. All right. So as I mentioned, I've already done an episode on pricing, um, and I'm talking about it so much because I think it is critically important for people to be thinking about, critically important for th people to be looking at. Our industry really struggles with the pricing game. Uh, we have grossly undercharged for things for far too long, and I personally hear almost daily how on Facebook groups and things, how people are like, well, we have to price things low enough to get the correct enrollment, or we have to price things low enough because that's what everyone else in our um, area charges. Uh, but what you really need to be doing is you need to price things correctly to get the right amount of revenue, right? It's not about to get the right number of enrollments. It's to get the right amount of revenue. And those two things can align. By looking at, okay, I need to set my revenue at, I need to make this much revenue, which means I need to charge X amount of dollars with this amount of kiddos. That's going to get you a lot further than, well, I can only charge this because that's what the gym down the street charges. And so I'm going to set my pricing there 
And that means I need to get this many people. And that may not be reasonable for you. On top of that, you need to have a high-priced item. And there are not enough gyms. In fact, the majority of gyms don't have a high-priced item that they are using to close their sales. They're not using it to convert their people to a higher-tier item. Now, the reality is, is we're built for it, though. And I'm going to give you an example from the fitness industry that would make be potentially something you can include. So if you look at the cost for personal training, the average personal training cost across the US is $75 per session. And Google says the lowest is like 40 for really, really low experienced people. But generally speaking, you're going to be somewhere around $75 per session uh, in the US for a personal training cost which means once a week would be around $300 a month if you're in a four-week month. So you're going to pay around $300 a month to do personal training. So imagine selling someone as a fitness gym and saying, well, you want to get started. Best thing to do is personal training once a week. That's the best way to accomplish your goals. How much is that? Well, it's $75 a session. So that'd pencil out to be $300 a month. And they go, Ooh, that's, ah, that's a little bit pricey. I'm not so sure about that. And you go, well, okay, totally understand. Um, it's not for everyone, but you could charge, we can do, uh, you could join into our group classes. Those are $175 a month. Does that sound a little bit more reasonable for you? Oh, well, yeah, I couldn't do 300, but I could probably manage the 175 for group classes versus opening with, well, it's $175 a month for group classes. And they go, well, I know Planet Fitness is $55 a month and their sign says 10, but 50 for the, the black membership, which I don't know really how much better that is. Um, but oh yeah, I, I can do that. That seems like a much better deal. Well, we in the cheer and gymnastics industries are actually poised to do this because we offer private lessons. So imagine selling someone who's trying to sign up for classes and you could just say, Hey, look, you could sign up. Best way to get to your goal is our semi-private lessons. Um, we book them out by the month. So you're going to get four private lessons in the month and it's $45 per class per private lesson, uh, which equals, um, what 45, uh, times four. So you're at, uh, 160 right? So you're at $160 a month and they're like, Oh, $160 a month. I don't know that I could do that. Well, Hey, totally understand. Uh, that's not necessarily for everyone. We also have our, our classes. You can do one class a week and it is $119 a month. I'm just using my pricing or it's $99 a month or it's $79 a month, right? Oh, wow. Okay. okay. Yeah. I can probably do that. We're still getting them enrolled. We're getting them enrolled at a decent price point that brings in revenue and maybe you have people who go, oh, no, private lesson sounds perfect. Can I add a class to that too? Boom. Yeah, absolutely. That would just be this additional cost, right? We're setting things up by opening with a higher price. We're setting them up to believe and, and understand that what we are offering is of more value than coming in and saying, hey, we're $5 a class or we're, we're $10 for a drop-in, right? You're setting people up to believe and know that you are of high value by having a high priced item that you offer them in your sales plan. So leaving this podcast, what I want you to do is evaluate your process and what your current pricing is, and then figure out, look at and assess what is your 
what kind of buyer is your pricing attracting? And even if you think your pricing is good, do you have a high priced item that might be able to help you attract an even better client, an even better avatar who can pay even more money into your gym and increase your arm, your average uh, revenue per member per month? From there, look at where you can adjust your plan. What kind of high ticket item can you add to your offerings? Can you deliver a quality product at that price? And can you make a additional revenue at that price or is charging that price for what you would offer just going to increase your spend and it's really not worth your time? You got to you gotta evaluate all of those things as you're assessing this. But if you can find a really, really good item, it can make a massive difference in helping you close more sales and bring in more revenue. All right, everyone. I hope you loved the episode. I really appreciate you listening until the end. As always, I'm going to recommend you check out the Let's Talk Cheer podcast with Jason Larkins. He has great content, great stuff. He's having some amazing conversations right now. I'm really enjoying every single time I listen. So make sure you check out his podcast, subscribe to the podcast, share it with someone who would get something out of it. And with that, we'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Cheer Biz Podcast. If you would like to be featured on our podcast, click the link in our description to apply. If you're interested in joining NextGen, visit our website at www.nextgenowners.com. And lastly, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to make sure you don't miss any future episodes. Thanks for listening.